When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And I said, I put the pat in patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to clip just the part of you saying I put the patent patriarchy with none of the context. No. The first part of the podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. So I watched how to train your dragon with uh, my girlfriend recently. I had for entertainment purposes or for instructional purposes? For business. For business. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, not for instructional purposes. I, I had some tummy trouble this past uh-huh. week. I think I had a bad burger and it led to, mm. I was, I was infirmed. And so yeah. we were just bored. We were watching Avatar and like we got, we were watching, we watched a lot of Avatar, which is great. And I love sharing awesome. that experience with her because she's never seen the show before. And so every time there's like a, <laughs> literally, you mean a platypus bear, literally every single episode, um, I'm like, this is such a good one. She goes, you say that for all of them. I know, but this one's great though. Like, this come on, awesome. this was so good. <laughs> um, and so we were like, all right, we were tired of watching TV. So we, so we flipped on a movie and because literally like i couldn't move without feeling like my butt was gonna fall out you know so i was pretty much like stuck (laughs) where i was that sucks and she was very good very helpful got me some saltines okay i'm sure you know this now but i I have a question because i I, for my personal absolutely um do you have to cook i i know the number the the temperature 160 is in my mind but that's poultry right you cook yeah beef needs to go up to 145 I don't know the temperature for beef. I just for beef I just gauge it based on the pink the pinkness. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, color is not an indication because some <laughs> beef is browned. Well, I didn't in... make my own burger. It was a restaurant. Oh. Yeah. That, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So I forgot I forgot what the temperature for beef was and I cooked one to 116 cuz all oh, I could remember was the one no. and the 6. That was very low. That's not good. But I was fine. Yeah. I was fine. I think for beef it's it, you can play a bit faster and looser with the with the rules. But when it comes yeah. to when it comes to poultry like if you don't kill that the inner chicken inside the chicken, yeah. Then you're you're going to get this, <laughs> you're screwed. You're going to get this salmon in salmonella salmonella have you seen those videos of people eating raw chicken or at least taking a bite out of raw chicken no i have not why does that exist sometimes it'll pop up on instagram and i'm just like Uh, why is this on my feed (laughs) all this to say my tummy time led me to watch uh, how to train your dragon (laughs) and (laughs) i had a bad tummy time and so we were watching this movie and i was thinking about this and i was like patrick knows about writing 
and so maybe he can explain this to me. Uh-huh. But it was kind of just like a, I don't know, a thought. of like, I don't understand why Hollywood believes that like young men who are very handy, like extremely handy and very mm-hmm. good at building things, who also carry a notebook for some reason, yeah. are just automatically social outcasts. Because it's like, if you have somebody who's really handy and really good at building stuff, I feel like, especially in a How to Train Your Dragon world, where it's like, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that's not going for him is that he's not as big as everybody else, but he can he built his own dragon harness. Like <laughs> he was a skilled metal worker and a skilled leather worker. And everyone's like, yeah. Oh, he sucks. He's the worst kid in town. Like such I a just, nerd. So and and he, he they insist on him having this this notebook with this pen and it's like, okay, I feel like in all these movies, like Meet the Robinsons or uh Oh yeah. Uh I don't know, probably other movies. <laughs> other than those two but there's always this like trope of the the smart kid who has a notebook yeah. but isn't an outcast he, but like then he grows up and becomes like the elon musk of his society right but it's like yeah. why why is that a trope who is that relating to and why is the soundtrack of how to train your dragon so good that those are my <laughs> questions my my thoughts are that um people that write for television and movies are super nerdy and do you think it's because they've never built anything and so they're like, maybe Hiccup could build stuff and also get the pretty girl? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> I, the, one, of, one of my main problems with movies and television shows is that because they, there's not a lot of, or at least there, there is now, but because there wasn't a lot of diversity in writing staffs, you get like, I mean, what's the difference? Okay, this is my honest, I'm so sorry I'm about to say this. What's the functional difference between Seinfeld and Friends? The functional, functionally, what's the difference? Like when you say function, plot, can you define function for me? Like what's the what in terms of the sense of humor, in terms of the characters, in terms I'll of tell the you. plot? What's the point? I'll tell what's you. The difference? Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld is a show about people who are framed to be bad people, and the humor yeah. is found in that they are bad and that they're selfish and they're misanthropic. Mm-hmm. Friends finds the humor in a group of people who are all very different having fun having sex with each other and but they're also life. all horrible people and that they are but the, but the show paints them as good and I but seinfeld think so. i think people laugh at a horrible there no because i think seinfeld like very obvious every single time like george sucks jerry sucks elaine sucks and kramer is <laughs> okay <laughs> but still yeah. kind of sucks but the guy actually sucks no i'm just kidding but it's like but friends like the whole tone of the show is different like you're supposed to look up to these people and you're supposed to want a friend group like them i get that like you know? tone is different and like because it, it's but it but they 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 were back to back right they were running around the same time yeah seinfeld's a bit so, earlier like, there's not a lot of difference like maybe the jokes are a little more clever. Just gonna ignore all maybe the, the relationships that I said and say are, that there's no difference. <laughs> there's rare. There's very little difference. Okay. As opposed to like comedies now, where it's like the tone of Parks and Rec was very different than the tone of The Office, even though Eventually. they were very similar in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. They're very different shows. Sure. And I think it's because of the. I think it's because of the diversity of the writing staff, not just like not just like you know race diverse racial diversity, which yeah. was a thing. Mindy Kaling was on an interview recently talking about how how unlikely it was for an Indian woman to get a job in Hollywood on a, on a staff, like a staff writing job. Mm-hmm. And she was like, which is like not the case now, which is so like, there's which is so good. much, there's, yeah. yeah, there's so much, there's so much of a, a desire for diversity that she's like, I would have no trouble now, but, um, she's also rich then, and famous. Case. She is also really famous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now obviously, yeah, no trouble. Yeah. um, but yeah, so 
anyway, I think that's part of it. I okay. think that's part of why we look back on movies. It's like that they're all pretty much the same. That's why they all have the same arcs and, and that's why they have the same characters and tropes and stuff like that. So I think, I think that's just a vestige mm. of, of the nerdy kid who got, you know, he used his nerdiness to be, mm-hmm. it's also a common kid movie trope. Cause it's like, yeah. The thing you tell kids is like, oh, don't worry. You're the the kid who's bullying you. He'll be working for you one day, like in Back to the Future. Right. Spider-Man yeah. also. Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very smart. Very intelligent. Super nerdy. Also big pecs. Huge. It's like. Huge I just, I just think it's odd that every movie is basically like a power trip for people who like were never humanly <laughs> formed. You know, like (laughs) they never learned how to do a hobby or a skill. So it's like, all right, I'm going to write a story about a kid who everybody hates, who's totally not me and also gets the really (laughs) hot girl and learns how to do the really cool thing who also totally not supposed to be me. And it's that's why that's why I just I can't watch Adam Sandler movies where he ends up with a hot girl. All of them are like that. though. All of them are even uncut gems, which is like the, <laughs> like a really great movie where it's like, yeah. Oh, Adam Sandler really, he's still divorced and dating a super hot girl. You know, it's like what, but he didn't write that. So I'll give him a pass on that one. Yeah. I was going to do my Adam Sandler impression, but it's not very good. Hanukkah. It's a part of my contract. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was a reference to the Hanukkah song he sang, by the way. That wasn't yes. just me making fun no, of being I, Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Let's be clear. In these uncertain times, we got to make sure that we know what we're talking about. Also, speaking of coronavirus, um, <laughs> I did say... Were we? I, did, <laughs> I said uncertain times. I don't think that the coronavirus is a hoax. Oh, I mean, it's obviously not. But... However... <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly how I feel. <laughs> I really, the more I think about it, so let, let me just be real with you for a second, right? There's, let's, let, walk me through this. Let's, let me do this logical proof. Step one, do demons exist? Yes. Okay. Um, do demons influence the workings of human beings on this planet? Yeah. Okay. Are there certain things that we can point to in American government that are very clearly influenced by demons? Oh, yeah. Okay. The Constitution. I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> I, was just, I was thinking more like abortion, undermining of the family, yeah, mistreatment yeah. of immigrants, those kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are demons above using a real virus that kills real people to influence that particular political agenda in America? Absolutely not. Okay, so here's what I'm saying, right? Is you hear the stories about the people who are like committing suicide because of quarantine. Right. You hear yeah. the stories of people who are losing their jobs because of mm-hmm. the economic shutdown. And a lot of people are like swinging to one side or the other, like, though, this is really real. Like we have to wear our masks, all this stuff. And it's like, yes, I still mm-hmm. wear a mask. I still in public, like I'm going to wear a mask. I totally am on board with that because I think better safe than sorry. Right. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, you have the people who are like, this is all fake and it's all, it's the Democrats doing it all. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe it's it's both, right? Because there's no... I do believe that there are certain forces at work in American culture and in American government that are trying to advance nefarious things. And I yeah. I'm not, would not be surprised if there are certain government entities influenced by the demonic to inflate the numbers 
and to keep things as they are the way that they are so that a certain person can win an election in November. And I would not be surprised if that certain person wins in November, then everything kind of magically starts to get better. Like I just, I would not be, would not be shocked at all. Yeah. And I don't, and again, I don't want to sound like, like a super conspiracy nut because I'd still like people definitely have died and like, it's definitely real. And like, we definitely still need to all do our part of like washing your hands and wearing your mask and all these things. But I think it's like worth talking about it especially because we have that that worldview of like yeah satan is real and he uses everything he can to 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 make us miserable and to turn away (laughs) from god i mean even just even just like if you want to take the demonic out of it which you obviously can't but that's just my 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 perspective please do i think i think it's a very good perspective i a friend a friend of mine their mom was like right after quarantine started got a pay cut and it's like are you guys really hurting for money so bad right away at the very beginning Yeah, that you need, like you just use that as an excuse. Some this businesses, excuse. some businesses are month to month legitimately. That's true. That's fair. Like re- a lot but of restaurants it, are. It's like, but she does not work for a restaurant. Okay. Well, um, me neither. She so. works for an organization that definitely should have money had contingency, yeah. you know, um, a discretionary fund or at least some kind of emergency fund, you know, and it was one of those it was one of those things where it's like okay some some people are using this to their advantage so to like you know put down the put down the the the, the little man mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. anyway but so and there's no this is something that i was talking about with like the race thing and like everything comes down to this it's not a conspiracy to say that people are self-interested no. And will do things to their self-interest. No, no, and that people, whether influenced by demons or definitely influenced by <laughs> demons, knowingly <laughs> or unknowingly, they will use as some something like a virus to achieve their own political ends, power, wealth, yeah, honor, and pleasure. so we have to think about that and yeah. take that into consideration and say, okay, um, maybe you're. Yeah, like I, I think, I think that, I think that, uh, I think that coronavirus can be something that ne- you. I think you can wear a mask and think that it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, and you can also distrust. I think you can wear a mask and distrust Democrats and Republicans. I think you can do both of those things, all, all right. three. That's what I'm doing, baby. You know, and I'm. Walking. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put a little mask on with like two no symbols on the cheek and it's going to be a donkey and an elephant and a no and I'm gonna put a, a bald eagle in the middle of it. And it's wow. gonna be a political statement. That's incredible. It's also a subtle hint to the to the writer of the Gospel of John, yeah, which is huge. Yeah, that's actually that's actually what uh, that's actually why John's Gospel is an eagle because uh, because America of America is divinely <laughs> okay is divinely instituted by by John. That's really cool um, and really good that you said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I really I really hope that people take that to heart and start a whole religion about it. They will. They have. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? How are you doing? Your your wedding is close. Yeah, How's two it, weeks. How do you feel? You feel okay? All right. Yeah, we can talk about it afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. Podcast. Yeah, we're, over. we're we're chugging along. Okay, good. The the where we're at is we're getting married. Yeah. On on July thirty first. Right. That's what's happened. I was the only reason I asked is because I'm sure it's like weird to be on a podcast and like talk to you and then not mention like your impending vo- vocational. Thing, <laughs> you know yeah like 
I, I, I would just feel bad not asking about it. So I'm glad that you're still getting married. It would suck if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it would be a real big bummer. Um, yeah, especially because it's like logistically, this is something that people don't think about or talk about when they're talking about like marriage and stuff. It's like for Catholics, cohabitation is not on the table. Nope. So when it comes to like marrying someone who lives in it, we're, we're dealing with three different states here, right? We're dealing with like, I'm from Florida. I live in Pennsylvania and she lives in Texas. So like if we, if we had canceled the wedding, she would have to find a place to live, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, when she wasn't <laughs> expecting to. And that's just, that's just a weird, you know, place to be. Well, everybody pray for Patrick and Phoebe that it all works out and that everything goes the way that it should go when you're getting married. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Do you have a tweet for the hot take time machine? Oh boy, do I. Let's hop in the hot take time machine. Hot take time machine. (laughs) Hot take time machine. Hot take time machine. I want to be the one who said it. Okay. Uh, welcome to the hot take time machine. It's the part of the show where we take a look back at the uh, at your at my Twitter data and Patrick's current Twitter account to find tweets that we made or posts uh, uh, five years or older that had hot takes in them or n- around them. And if you- yes, the part of the show where we data mine ourselves. I know. Take that, China. Um, <laughs> who? So if you have a hot take five years ish or older send it in and we'll read it on the show and we'll talk about it and maybe goof on it a little bit this is a humility section of the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> patrick please take it away i have a pretty good one so when i as you all know because you're all loyal listeners and you know everything about us um ethan and i had anonymous twitter accounts when we were in high school and so this was back when my twitter account was anonymous i was at catholic anon mm-hmm. on twitter and uh i tweeted Mark Hart and Catholic Anon are never in the same room. Coincidence? And then I tagged, I tagged Mark Hart in it. Um, Wait, weren't you Catholic Anon? Yeah. Wait a minute. I was saying, I don't know. We're never in the same room. So it's kind of like a Batman situation. And he did reply. I do remember he was like, ha, 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 ha. And then that was, uh, that was the best day of my life. Second only to when he actually came on our podcast. That's true. That was so fun when we were in Steubenville. Right, I was in I different was, rooms. I was in your dorm room, and I made you leave so that we could do the podcast. I don't know why yet you didn't leave. Oh wait, because you were that was the only place that you knew where to go. Okay, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the time. Uh, you got a hot take for us? No, I'm looking and I can't find one, and it's really. Oh, s- you don't have a hot take? Would you like me to read my backup yeah, hot take? Can you vamp for a little bit while I find another one? Yeah, this is what this is what it's called being prepared for a podcast. I came straight from my holy hour to record this podcast, so you could go to your meeting at <laughs> two o'clock. Don't get mad at me. That's why you floated in here. All right. All right. Uh, so this one comes from Scott. Scott posted this on Facebook on November 1st, 2011. This is the second day. This is the second week in a row we're doing something from Scott. Uh, but this is pretty good. He, me, trick or treat. Okay. Again, remember, the last hot take from Scott was in 2011 when he was in high school. So this is a high school student trick or treating. Okay. Which happens. Well, it does. Trick or treat. Should it? Man, a man is the next character in this dialogue man smelling of smoke and beer both what are you supposed to be me a priest him i don't need any of them around here here's your candy now get first of all uh doubt (laughs) yeah that definitely didn't happen 
Well, first of all, doubt. Second of all, I love this little character he's conjured up that's smoking and drinking in his own house. Good lord. Um, and then he goes, "I don't need your kind around here, but here's some candy. Now get out of here. Now get." And then it's like very. He's like and then, sandwiched between like a goodwill between two. All of the kids clapped after that happened. All of the kids the, clapped, and, and then in the candy bar was a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> and then inside of that one hundred dollar bill was a golden ticket. <laughs> and that man who smelled of smoking beer, Albert Einstein. And that man who was Albert Einstein was also John Lennon. And uh uh and then the tweet that I had that I can read to you is Oh, I'm going to cut this out. All right, I'm just going to read the <laughs> I'm going to read the one that I told you last week that I didn't say on the show. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, you're going to recycle. No, this is from July 25th, 2016, which was, and it was made during hashtag NFP week, just to give you, Mm -hmm. just to prime you a little bit. Here we go. The only thing you should be pulling out is your fertility calendar. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Which is really funny. Oh, it's so much worse the second time It's really funny when you, when you read it but it's not as fun when you say it out loud i tweeted that four years ago that is not something i would tweet now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a lot of these a lot of these things I, would, I stand by but that one is like i don't know modesty that one's a little on modesty the exists and yeah that is, i don't modesty of speech yeah i just don't have it um it's just like well i gotta read this because that's the only the, hot I, I gotta read it because there's nothing else left Everything else is a bore, is like a meme that I can't like. I can't read you a meme. No, we our our technology hasn't reached that far yet. One day, one day, man walked on the moon, and one day, man will be able to read memes. One day, uh, we'll be able to share audio and video together, maybe in a moving fashion, and it, it'll be spread broadcast across thousands and thousands of people to show them, you know, visual things in addition to just audio things. You're describing a YouTube channel. I, Patrick, I know you knew that. Patrick okay, uh, I sent you an e- an electronic mail. Oh, not again! And I need you to go look at it right now. Okay, it says here President Obama's crunch jingle, which <laughs> I don't know if you heard what I said earlier about the coronavirus. I don't know if he wants to be on the podcast anymore. Um, do you want me to listen so, to it? Yeah, you gotta listen to it right okay? now, and then we're gonna put it as our crunch on that jingle. I'm sorry, everyone else who's sending crunch on that jingles. Your time is coming, but this was just really good. I there's a I couldn't there's a problem playing the video. Really? Obama. If only we knew his last name. I know, it's just one of the great mysteries of okay, the Okay, I'm it's opening like, QuickTime player. This song goes out to we have been pet. Now, it's time for crunch on that also and I want to say that and I support the crunch for verified 2020 they have the best cast i've ever heard wow uh-huh. <laughs> 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 all right that's the one i'm putting in the show sorry everybody yeah. it's just people send me stuff all the time and it's like i might put it in i might not i don't know but this this took a lot of work this yeah this is i'm pretty sure there's a website you can just you can search to find obama saying stuff but still yeah that's incredible 
Verify 2020. He said Verify 2020, which is great. Verify 2020, which is almost 2020, is just not ending. It's never ending. It's never ending. We had to we had to pause our campaign because Kanye was running for president, and so we figured yeah. might as well. He's the only pro life candidate out there. Yeah. <laughs> he was also running for a party called the Birthday Party, which I'm I don't know if that's a connection <laughs> to. The, his pro-life stance or if he just really likes the idea of naming a political party after an actual party is that really i uh it's unclear is that really what that's it is? The, the very the real before he met kim he was running on the bachelor party oh yeah there you go uh, and, uh t- <laughs> <laughs> let's move on <laughs> I was I was gonna say he could ask the guys from Bowling for Soup to be a part of his cabinet, and then he could have a bowling party, which is what I had for my birthday party when I was six. But I realized it yeah. was too many jumps, and I I hesitated, and it was just it's a this kid. It was too much. Um, welcome to Crunch on that. Here's my thought. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, poverty. Okay. I kind of wanted to share some thoughts. Because I'm reading this book about Pier Giorgio. Mm -hmm. And I think the more I read about him, the more I really think that, like, he is a guy that a lot of, like, obviously everyone's like, oh, I love Pier Giorgio. But I feel like not everybody knows uh, anything about him other than he, like, climbed mountains and was, like, holy. Like, I really, I think there's a, like a very real lack of understanding of like who he actually was and what he actually did. Mm-hmm. And people like him for the aesthetics of the mountain, which is great. Verso Alto, like proud of you for, for putting that on your Instagram bio. But like, that's, that's not the, the extent of the story. And you're right. Yeah. My chair does that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so I've read, I read the book that his sister wrote called a man of the Beatitudes. And it was, it was good. Um, but this other book that I'm reading, I think it's called a hero for our times or something. And I can put the, uh, I need to know more about the stuff that I'm doing so that I, cause I just read the book and then I don't like look at the actual name of it because it's in my Kindle app and ah. it's called, uh, yeah, Pierre Giorgio, a hero for our times. I'll put the link in the, 
in the description. But it's much more of a comprehensive, I would say, biography. And it's not really chronological. It kind of goes through like his different sort of interests and phases. And it does talk about his childhood and as he grows up, but it like talks about his political involvement and it talks a lot about his like how he gave to the poor and like what he was actually doing. And it got, it gets, it really draws on a lot of different priests that knew him and different organizations that knew him. And it literally goes all the way up to like talking about what was going on in the Italian government at the time, like who was prime minister. Cause his dad was apparently friends with the prime minister, which is crazy. Like who was the prime minister? What was going on with the communist party? What was going on with the fascist party? What was going on with socialism at the time? Like how that compared and contrasted with the things that were happening in Russia and like it gives a much broader sort of political and cultural view of what 1920s Italy was like at the time. And I think that's it's been really, really good because the, the other book that was written by a sister is great and it's much more personal, but it's like it just you miss out on all of this other stuff that's going on. And so I've been reading this book and there, there's probably two, two things that have really stuck out to me. And the first thing is that uh, Pier Giorgio didn't really waste anything he didn't waste any of his time he didn't waste any of his money and he didn't waste any of his energy and like those are the three things that we have the hardest time knowing what to do with (laughs) (laughs) and he had this like incredible endurance about him and i think one that would like shock a lot of people today so he would go out on you know he would ride his bike with his friends like for 50 miles and then come back another 50 miles on a 1920s bicycle which did i don't i don't know how many speeds they had back in the day yeah it must have been hard with the giant wheel in the front <laughs> and the tiny one in the back <laughs> oh on his i want to see that on his icon like his saint card just like having him on a big old-timey bicycle wearing a bowler hat um so he yeah he would bike a lot and then it said like literally it said this in the book the author was like yeah you might think for most modern boys like that would be enough to relax and and take some time uh to to rest or whatever but no he would be he would get home and he would walk around his house and he would be reading dante and quoting dante and like engaging his mind and trying Hmm. to to learn more things and read more things and he loved reading um like the great you know saints and the great church writers but also the great poets and and literists of who had just the great intellectual tradition and he was always learning right so he had time for all of that because he had this amazing endurance and like didn't let himself kind of get slowed down and he built it up through all the things that he loved to do so he was always swimming or fencing or hiking or whatever like he was always doing something because he loved like being active and there was never a day where he was like, oh, I'm too tired, you know, or like I'm too busy like that, yeah. which is something that we just get into a lot. And it, I think it's an endurance that like, if we're being honest with ourselves, like a lot of us don't have now. And it led to his life being so much more full. And I've been thinking about that of like, yeah, I, so I tried to, I started trying to start to implement it somewhat. Like it normally, if I like went on a run, you know, the rest of that day, I'd be like, I want to run this morning. You know, I can. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, YouTube. What's your name? Oh, never mind. I already know your name. It's YouTube, and you're about to be mine for the next hour. You want to know why? Because I ran this hour. morning. Only hour. Just an hour's <laughs> plural. And so, <laughs> but I'm really trying to like get away from that 
because yeah. at the end of the day, like I don't need, like what we were talking about a while ago, it's like, we don't need to turn our brains off. We just need something different. And like, we just don't have the endurance or the stamina built up to like actually do that. And yeah, I don't know. Did I talk about this already? But no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you did. Okay. I think it connects with what we were talking about last week. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, but I don't know if it was last week. Yeah. I don't know we, when talk, it was. Anyway. we talked about it. I was, I talked about books eventually, uh, one of those, one of those weeks. And yeah, I think, I think I can, I can, uh, relate to walking around a house reading because I do that sometimes. Uh-huh. Quoting. One of the best parts about a Kindle is that it's a lot easier to pee while reading. I you can't, do that all the time. You can't get any of the pee on the pages. You can't. Uh, but it's just harder with like a big honking book like this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like this one's tough. Um, but yeah, I think when I, when I tell people how many books I've read, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, wow, that's a lot of books. I'm like, yes, it is. But you also have to remember, I am a single man who lives alone. Mm-hmm. So for the time being. And so I have a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and I do read fast. That is true. Like I, I do read pretty quickly, but I have a lot of time. I have a long commute, so I have audiobooks. But that's the thing is I do try I do try to like keep myself engaged or relaxed deliberately. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm trying, and I'm, I try and I fail at because, like, sometimes I am like, oh gosh, I just got sucked into the YouTube vortex. But mm-hmm. I have started to develop this this kind of sense, like, oh, I've already watched three videos. Oh, that's a little, that's a little much. I caught myself thinking that the other day, and I was like, you know what? That's actually an improvement. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that I would, I would get sucked in that that rabbit hole, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't come out mm-hmm. for a while. So yeah, I think I see what you mean, and I think that. Pierre Giorgio was able to live that life that we so admire, yeah. right? The on top of the mountain with a pipe, you know, that life that's like so aesthetic. He was able to live that because he chose it. It's not like something that he was handed and he had like this special ability. He must have been smart, but like he was he wasn't like was he like a genius? No, he was he was fairly intelligent though. Him and his yeah. him and his father both were and they like strongly disagreed on a lot of things. Like his father was very um liberal used in the accurate political term of the time and not in what it means today. Yeah. Um, and his son was more like Pierre Giorgio leaned more towards um, like I, socialist is the wrong word. Cause that's was not the party that he aligned himself with, but he was, he didn't mind the communist party and he didn't mind. A lot of people actually didn't mind Mussolini like Pope Paul, the 11th, spoke out in favor of him and Pierre Giorgio like defended the communists in some ways because they were they were, they cared about the poor, right? And they were the only people that were trying to do anything for the poor. Obviously he didn't have the perspective of what was happening or what would happen in the future, you know? Yeah. Um and so is they were kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. But they were this is a great line in the biography that said both of them were intelligent enough to not uh argue about it in the home. Like they both respected each other, which is amazing. And so it's like, so I'm imagining, can you imagine like the average, this is the other thing too, like his political involvement because he had the, this endurance that he had built up through like physical activity and then like mental activity over his, the course of his childhood, he was able to be really engaged in political and social life. And that's one of the things where I'm like, I don't exactly see where the translation to modern American culture is because 1920s Italian culture is very different than 2020s American culture. Like those are just, yes, it's a different country, different 
sizes of cities, different, I mean, the internet, you know, is like yeah. transformational. And so it's kind of hard to like draw like, oh, look, at, he was a part of all these clubs and organizations and working groups. And it's like, those don't really exist anymore. Like yeah. th- there's no. Once you're not in college, there's really no like yeah. clubs. Yeah. You know. And, and so it's just like imagining, but even so, right, regardless, he was still beyond his age, even at the time, like he was a 21 year old guy, 22 year old guy, super involved in political parties and mm-hmm. not in like the, he made videos from his basement and tweeted at Donald Trump. Like he was going out and protesting with people and going out and like attending organizations and groups that made decisions that directly benefited like workers through unions or, or other types of things. Mm. And I'm like, can you imagine, can you imagine any, anybody like our age or a little, <laughs> like a little bit younger than us doing that today? Like it's, be weird. it seems like impossible just because of the structure of our government. Like it seems kind of impenetrable. That's a conversation maybe that you know more about than me. Um, but so the other thing, right? So there's his political stuff, and then the other thing that I really have been struck by is his his love of the poor, and that's like the thing that everybody talks about. Everybody loves his love of the poor. It's phenomenal. And this thing really struck me of like, it says that he he didn't go to restaurants, he didn't go to the movies, he didn't buy anything that he didn't need. He rarely ever bought clothes for himself, if, if ever. He didn't there was no like luxury that he really afforded himself because he could not convince himself to purchase that if somebody, if he knew somebody who needed the money and he knew a lot of Mm -hmm. people that needed the money. Like he, he would make the rounds all the time, every single day, every single week, visiting people, making sure they were doing okay, bringing the money. Um, and yeah, he came from a rich family, but like it wasn't like his mom was giving him an allowance and he was going and sp- like he there was money that he yeah. like earned, you know, from his jobs and from his what he was doing or like getting donations from other people to like go and hand out to to these folks. And it was like so I've been thinking about the idea of luxury and thinking about how luxurious of a life the average American leads and just about how like there's something so wrong about that in some ways. And I, and you're you're closer to this than I am, but it's like okay, if I if I do end up getting married, like it's so easy when you have a, a screaming two year old to just shove an iPad in their face so that you can have quiet. But like that's a luxury that actually we don't have a right to. Like we don't have a right to quiet, and we don't yeah. have a right to like peace in the home. We don't have a right. Like there's this great line from the Catholic stuff podcast, and I think we talked about it. Is like anxiety is rejected poverty. And we, we're so anxious. Like, have you ever been in a car with somebody and, like, they don't turn on the air conditioning right away? And you're like, it's getting kind of hot in here. Like, make sure you got to turn on the AC. Like, come on, what are you doing, you know? And it's yeah. like that luxury is stripped of us for such a brief time and we just lose it, right? We lose our minds. And I just, I, I think we should just start, like, picking things and just saying, like, I don't need this, you know? I, I have lots of ideas for examples of things, but I want to hear kind of, that was like a lot that I just kind of threw out there, but the air conditioner example is a good one. Yeah. Um, air conditioning is definitely necessary in Florida where I'm from. Sure. So like I, I was never willing to accept when Pope Francis said the whole, I don't know if you remember this, Pope Francis said something about like, we walk from our air conditioned houses into our air conditioned cars and we don't realize the poor like don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, that's true. 
I guess that's true, but it's still very, so very hot. <laughs> we also have to remember that like um, our houses are not designed to not have air conditioning. Like they're, if, yeah, if you don't, that's true. Because houses used to be designed to like be cool and they were made out of material that would absorb heat. And now we literally live in hot boxes. And so it's yeah. like, in a, in a way, it's like, well, you don't want to torture yourself, but like you don't need it at 70. Like you're going to be fine. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like I, I've, I live, I live, um, I haven't had my air conditioner on for a while at my house just cause like, I don't know. I live in like a sub basement, so it's like cool anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just open the window, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I don't know what, what are some luxuries that I have that I probably don't need? One of the things, one of the things is like some things that we consider radical, like only having a certain number of outfits mm-hmm. are just would have been considered incredibly normal. Yes back in the day yes you know and and it's just you had your, it's very, your it's, nice shirt your sunday shirt and your sunday pants yeah and that the, that's yeah. all you had that's what you had yeah and the idea of having multiple suits or like multiple dress shirts or ties is like kind of it's still new ish mm-hmm. you know in terms of in terms of the way people would live and then I don't know something I'm trying to think of things that I don't want to think of things that I tend to go without because I don't want to start moralizing and preaching like well I don't um but it's also good I don't go out to eat all the time but there's a there's good some people like legitimately have never had a person set this example for them in their lives and so I think it's Mm -hmm. good like if we have thought about it it's good for us to share because it's not prideful it's like this is what I've, I've like learned and I've tried to do this and like, this is what worked and this is what hasn't worked, you know? Yeah. I will say that I had a pretty good steak last night. That was like three fifty at Aldi and eating it out, eating it out would have been like out going out to eat would have been like $22 to eat that steak. Yeah. I do think it felt, it felt pretty good to have such a cheap steak. That was so good. But (laughs) restaurants is a big one. That's something I'm like, I'm very yeah. hell bent on this year is like, I need to learn how to cook and I want to learn how to cook well. And mm-hmm. I haven't, I literally the other day, uh, the, funny enough, the AC was out at my house. And so it was 90 degrees in my home. So I was doing my work at the Newman center and I was hungry and I was like, I don't want to go back home. It's super hot. I'm just going to go to Chipotle. Like literally like on my drive there, I like remembered this and I was like, I can't go to Chipotle. I got to go back home. Yeah. And I turned around and I went back home because it's like, I can't, there are certainly some occasions, especially with my job where it's like, I have to meet people where they're at. Right. Cause I'm, I'm an evangelist. Yeah. And so I have to be, go where the people are, which is fine. Right. There's, I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. Cause I'm in that case, I'm, I'm paying for the experience of being with the person and having a conversation with them. And also I can choose to get less or I can eat beforehand or I can even bring a lunch and just get like a, a drink, you know, like there are ways to, mm-hmm. to minimize like, you know, how much I'm spending, but also like, I have an example. Go ahead. Sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. I have an example. I think I'm far enough removed from the situation. I was talking to someone about it yesterday. I think I'm far enough removed from the situation that people won't feel called out. So, um, imagine a professor calls you and says, hi, what does he call we me? We need help painting the exterior of our house will you get some friends to come what would your reaction be sure cool so you call your friends what do you expect their reaction to be sure sweet so a friend of mine was in this situation she called their friends and her friends said how much are they going to pay us what i know (laughs) you're kidding (laughs) yeah and it's like 
that's the thing. Is some some people listening might be like, well, I don't see the problem. You're like doing a job for them. Why can't they pay? Yeah. Okay. If you're doing a job, but like helping a family mm-hmm. paint their house for an hour, you know how much that actually would have been. They actually would have paid you if they if you were like laborers. Ten dollars. Ten dollars for that hour. You know, there's there's no skill involved. You know, you don't do this for a living. They're not like asking a professional painter to come and paint. They're asking students to come help them paint because they have kids, you know? And I think, I think that pin, I think that points to the problem that you're addressing is that there's this aversion to poverty. I don't necessarily think it's an anxiety. I think it's just an aversion to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And because college students especially are so afraid of how much money they don't have. Um, you know, like there's that stereotype of the poor, poor college, college student. student and I get that stereotype. I understand that being said, if you have a meal plan, you're not a poor college student. You're wealthy. You know, it's like if, if you're not, if you're not struggling to survive and like, if you're not, not struggling to survive, but if you're not like focused on paying bills and paying for food, then there's really not as much you don't you don't have the right to be as anxious about money because the only money that you're using is to like go out with your friends mm-hmm. you know um that being said there are college students who have to pay rent have to pay bills and have to buy food that's different but so anyway i think i think there's an aversion especially as young as young people steve the missionary was talking about this a while ago i think it was on our podcast about how he went out with uh, his friend and his friend was uh, tommy as like a family and tommy paid for him and he was like, I'm a single man. I should be paying for your family. Yeah. Like my child, like I should be paying for you guys yeah. because I know it's a lot more people, but like I have a completely disposable income. I should be helping you. Yeah. You know, and we, 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 we don't have that. Um, we don't have that heart of like, we need to help people just because they're people. It's also the thing too, at least in the place where I grew up, like people are more likely, and this depends on where you're at. Um, kind of social and economic factors are at play, but people, families are like scared to ask for help, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, and it's not because like people are going to think that they're poor. It's just like, oh, well, if I, if I don't have this company come out and do it for me, then it's not going to be done right. You know? Uh, okay, and it's I like see. this kind of, this more of like, uh, it is sort of a keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, but more of like, why, why would I go to all the work of getting all these kids together, getting my friends together and like doing this job and like doing it myself when I could just, I could just pay somebody to do it, you know? And then, yeah, that's fair. And it's like, so it's, it's a rejection of poverty in a different sense of like, you have the money Mm -hmm. to pay for it, but like you're, you could be spending that money on the poor and you could be giving that to the poor but instead, right, like because of your comfort and your lack of desire to sacrifice, like you were talking about, like that money can't go to the poor because now you have to spend it on the painting crew to come out and, and do your house. And like, yeah. and I think that's at least in my experience, like that's the thing that I'm most scared of, like falling into when I become an adult and I have a family is uh, just thinking like I don't have enough time. Like there's, I don't have enough resources. Like I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough, there's not enough people, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, no, that's, that's wrong. And like, it's actually, there's something 
incorrect about that view of like that's not how community works like we should all be working together honestly so that we can be in a position to give more of ourselves away like that's kind of the point of community right is like that's that's the whole point of the communion of persons of the trinity is like they love each other so much that generation happens like procreation came sprung forth you know yeah and we're so focused on being self-sufficient yeah that we reject that community and then we project that attitude onto the poor and yes. say, why aren't you self-sufficient? Mm-hmm. It's that old argument. It's, it's the pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Welfare makes people lazy stuff. I was reading, I was reading the, this book about, um, about, about slavery and it was like the history of racist ideas. And the, that same thing was said about slaves, that slaves were naturally lazy. And so you needed to be harsh with them so they would actually do their work. And Yikes. the author pointed out, he was like, uh, who's calling who lazy? The people that are in the fields working are being called lazy by the guy who is sitting in his is house. sitting on a porch drinking lemonade, making all the money. Yeah. You know, and so like That's you, funny. you hear this on you hear this on the news, you hear political pundits calling the poor lazy, sitting in an air conditioned television studio making six figure salaries. Yeah. And meanwhile, the poor are working back-to-back jobs and can't see their kids because they're trying to make sure those kids can eat. And they also have food stamps. Yeah. Communism, I guess. You know, that's the thing. Like we're 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 so averse to, we're so we're so we're so dedicated to independence that we refuse to let other people be dependent on us, and then we refuse to be dependent on other people, and we end up not spreading the wealth. It's like. It's not even, it's not even we're asking people for sacrifice, you know, like do something in your own intelligent self-interest, help other people. Yeah. Other people will be willing to help you too. You know, it's just, I mean, I, I feel like when I get married and, and have, have kids, you know, I would want at the very least other parents to be like, Hey Patrick, here's how you be a dad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or here's how you, I don't know, like put in a car seat you know at least informationally Mm -hmm. you know could you imagine if people charged for information like that that was the whole thing with the finance thing when people would would email me for financial advice i wouldn't charge them for an email because it's like imagine if if someone charged every time they offered you advice you know i would have to pay you every single week (laughs) but i'm the one who pays you every single hey oh Um, thank you that's (laughs) focus.org slash missionary slash ethan hyphen stevie Wow, that's so much more difficult than patreon.com slash the I crunch. know, you'd really think they would simplify it for us, but they don't. <laughs> they don't. They do not do that. They don't do like focus.com slash Ethan Stevie, which, which would, would have be been awesome, but super easy. No. It can even make it as like a, a like a, a forwarding link. So they type that in and then it goes to the actual sub address. So focus if you're listening. Curtis Martin, if you're listening, and I know, and I know, that know you, you are. are. <laughs> so yeah, those are all those are all the thoughts I have on poverty. It comes down to this this like this false idea of self-reliance and our the way that we the way that we moderns think about self-reliance makes us bad at helping the poor yeah and i think a good something to to think about for me and this is something i've been thinking about and talking about with emma and just trying to figure out like what the right thing is because it's easy to go um to have an excess or or uh, a lacking right in this virtue right it's easy to go too far and like give everything away and then all of a sudden like you're not prepared to like 
be generous, you know, because you've, you've put yourself in a position where it's like, well, I gave everything up. It's like, okay, well, how are you going to host people? You don't have any cups in your house, you know, like that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Right. Or there's a lacking overly minimalist, right? Overly minimalist. Kind of me. Yeah. Or there's a lack. Right. And that's, and that's kind of what we've been talking about. But I think discerning well of like, and looking at the things that you have, saying like do i need these things like as in a a genuine need and not as a luxury or a want like do you need an alexa do you need an alexa do you need an alexa like that's that's the question you have to ask yourself right every time i this is something that i kind of I, i have really like thought about lately is like shoes right i don't really need new shoes until the ones i'm wearing are like broken like until, oh yeah, I wear mine down until like my feet are coming through the soles. Not not until they're a little dirty, not until they're you know there maybe is a hole poking out, but it's like until they are no longer functionally as shoes. Like I don't, I do not yeah. need to get a new pair. I don't, and that's like a lot of people will disagree with that. It's like, well, don't you need to look presentable? Okay, the people that I need to look presentable to, first of all, they're not going to care what my shoes look like. Second yeah. of all, I have a I have a I have a pair of nice like if I need to dress up, I do have a pair of dress shoes, but like my daily shoes that I wear around who cares? Nobody. Like it would just for me, I do, it would just be I vanity. Do, that is another thing. I do wear my shoes down to the very last time. I nubbins. wear my clothes down to the very last thread. Yeah. Um I recently had to retire a pair of jeans because the hole in the seam got too big. I, not the whole got there. It got too big. <laughs> I, I need to find my pair of jeans that I split open when I jumped off the pool table in Louisiana and see if I can patch those bad boys up. Patch those bad boys yeah, up, yeah. With some, some denim. Some Yeah, you can just get denim and sew it in on the exactly, side. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's another thing. We don't know how to fix our clothes anymore. Right. People used to do that. So I was thinking, I was like, man, I really do want that pair of jeans. Maybe I'll just go buy them again from Old Navy. It's like, no, actually, I can fix them. Why, why can't I fix them? Who's stopping me? Nobody. Um, Nobody. There's all consumerism. I'll finish with this story. There's a great story, John Paul II, right? Saint, Pope Saint John Paul II, the great, the great, the first, the third. Um, he was wearing like the, his. Some of his aides noticed that like his undergarments were just like really ratty. Like the undershirt he wore, his under underwear, and like his socks, super super ratty. Like he'd had them for years and years and years and they would always try to get him new clothes and they would like set them out for him and all these things. He would give them away to the poor and go back to wearing his old ratty clothes, much to the chagrin of his aides because they wanted him to be dressed well. But it's like, but, but that's the thing is like, you would never know that by looking at John Paul II, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's so that this like, he's like, this is the one thing that I can be, this is the one place where I can be poor. Exactly. It's, it's this is like this humble poverty. And that's, that's an extreme example, but I think that's something that we need to embrace a little bit more of is we don't need to flaunt it. And it's, it's hard to talk about on a podcast because inherently like this is a medium that's going to lots of people. Um, but like you need to keep these things quiet and you need to keep them to yourself and like you need, but you need to be honest. You need to be rigorous because nobody's going to see it right at the, at the on the same token. Yeah. Like you, you have to be, um, yeah, consistent with yourself and not like l- allow yourself some luxuries in one area and not in another area. Like you need to be very judicious because this is like the things that we're talking about, like being really generous with your money and not having too many luxuries. Like these are the basic expectations of a Christian. Like these are not 
we've just been we're so americanized yeah. that we don't believe that it's possible it's like it actually like is. oh i can have it but not be attached no you can't i promise you you can't have it i promise you, you yeah can. okay it's like my new trash can we had a new trash i used to get ten dollar trash cans from walmart every time i needed a trash can i would buy one i only ever needed to do it twice no wait i only never did it once i brought my trash can my rub- old rubber made trash can from my old apartment to my new one we got it. We put a trash can on our registry. Nice stainless steel. 70 bucks. I got it. I opened it and I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to have a $10 trash can again. Why? I'm so used to this nice trash can. I don't get it. What's nice about the trash can? It's like, the first of all, the, the, the top is a step on top. It never breaks, which the other one always did. Um, it's so easy to get the trash bag out. It's incredibly easy to get the trash bag out. I'm just never going to be able to go back. Well, there's there's also a, a thing. It's like a di- there's a difference between getting something that's nice and will last you a long time and a lug. It and, will last a and long a luxury, time. The right? Thing. Like there's there is a difference between those things, you know? Because yeah. it's like it's and I I tend towards the up other side where I'm like even if I because that is true. Like if you always buy Walmart shoes for ten dollars, you're going to go through more shoes than if you buy nice ones for more expensive, but you wear them forever. Yes. That's true, but I'm always like, in the moment, I can spend less money and get the same thing, but it doesn't last me as long. So that's my problem. Yeah, and I think there's certainly a balance there, and it's different with different things. It's different with shirts than it is for trash cans, than it is for cars, than it is for houses. Like, this, it's all, it's all depends, yeah. and so there's no, like, universal rule, but I think this is why, like, we have to be praying constantly and asking Jesus to, like, true. speak truth into these things, or else we're going to be led astray by the culture, and we can't have that. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody's got different problems. Speaking of everybody's different problems. Do we have any updates from last week? No. Yeah, I'm not surprised. We don't. I got so many texts and calls about like how we lit into that dude. It was for the best. I feel bad. No, it was. It, I did notice we have three less, list, three fewer listeners now. Really? So I'm oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't follow that closely. Um, I do follow closely though. Hello, please keep my name anonymous. Someone sent me an anonymous email. The name in so like on our website, you have to put name and email. They put name anonymous. Email was their full name at gmail. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously it's not anonymous for me. I don't know if they wanted. It. Uh, hello, please keep my name anonymous. I've been thinking about everything you said in the last podcast oh, and have been saying about living a contemplative life and intentional boredom. I think one of the things that keeps me from reading and praying is the amount of time I spend video calling my boyfriend. We met at our university chaplaincy, but now he has graduated and I have not, so we live in different cities. We'd already been dating for more than a year before transitioning to long distance. We video call almost every morning during our lunch breaks at work and every night before going to bed. Literally the times I should be praying and reading. I know that every relationship is different as far as how often people need to talk to make each other feel loved and appreciated, but I'd really like to know your opinion on how much video calling is too much. I want to put a lot of effort into my relationship, but I feel guilty like I talk to my boyfriend more than God. Please help. A concerned citizen. Wow, this is a great question. This is such a. This is, a great this is a fun question. Like this is a happy, like easy to solve, to talk about. No one's feelings are going to get yeah. hurt. Question. I would. I'm curious to hear it since the intellectual podcast was kind of your your so your your baby. Um, do you have any initial thoughts? I'll I'll secede my, uh, my my rights as. Dr. Ethan, Thank you, to, you can be Dr. Patrick for <laughs> for a bit. For a couple of yeah. minutes. I have an honorary, doc- honorary, honorary doctorate. temporary doctorate. So <laughs> It expires yeah, in, in exactly... Of, um, no, I'm kidding. So I, I, uh, I want to clarify something real quick that the, the, one, of the thing, one of your phrases that you said 
Um, everybody needs, uh, every relationship is different as far as how often people need to talk to make each other feel loved. I want to point out to you that you cannot make anyone feel anything. Okay. Particularly not feeling loved. So I, I, I know that like, oh, well, you're like, oh, well, I meant, I meant it like this. Like, yeah, it's true, but this is what you said. So I do want to clarify something is that you're, don't put any pressure on yourself, you or him to say, if I don't FaceTime this often, we're, they, they're going to feel unloved by me. So that first things first, um, you need to talk about this obviously, because you need one of those times to spend time in prayer. So it's not like stop talking every morning and every night. Phoebe and I FaceTime every night. Um, okay. And when you said this, I was like, oh yeah, FaceTiming every day. Like that's fine. Um, but three times a day to me is a little much, but that's just to me, you know, your relationship might need three times a day. Um, I think you can go to two and be fine. Um, I think lunch and lunch break is probably short. Evening is probably a little longer. I think lunch and evening are fine. Morning can be time for prayer. Cause like, listen, if you talked the last night, there's not much to catch each other up on over the course of hey, like, besides dreams. How did you sleep? I did. How did you sleep? I, I, I did. <laughs> I did. So you can use that. To, I think morning is a great time. Is it that, that that's the whole point of the, uh, the intentional boredom podcast was you have to make specific sacrifices. And when you say out loud, I'm going to sacrifice this time so I can do this thing that will make me a better person or make me smarter, or more intellectual that you're going to be more committed. Cause you're like, what else are you going to do? It's like, well, usually I'm con- I'm talking to my boyfriend, but I'm not doing that. So you're probably going to feel like, well, I need to be reading. I can't just scroll on Instagram because then you're not just betraying your agreement. You're betraying your boyfriend in a sense. Yeah. That's my, those are my thoughts. Yeah, that'd be bad. I think I agree with those thoughts. Um, I can, uh, Emma and I are, are probably closer to FaceTiming more often rather than less often. Um, yeah. And so, but we also have a different situation because she works nights. And so it's like the times that we can talk are really weird. And it's like, if we don't talk during those times, then like we, we miss each other completely because yeah. we're on opposite schedules. So, um, we usually talk like for about an hour before she goes to work and she works from 7 PM to 7 AM. And that's also, that's also when this is, if you're not praying with your significant other, like this great opportunity, you need to be praying with your significant other over the phone, even if it's awkward, I don't, I don't care if you think it's awkward, you need, you need to, you <laughs> yeah. need to pray with this person. So that's, uh, Emma and I usually, uh, will pray f- for a good chunk of that time before she heads off to work. Um, which is good because it's like, there's no, in that it's just, it's just always good to pray with, with the person that you're dating. Um, and then if it's possible, like this morning I was, I was running and mowing the yards. So like I didn't talk to her this morning, but like if I'm up, kind of at seven when she's driving back then like we'll talk a little bit it's like i'll ask her how her shift was because she just worked for 12 hours you know and usually yeah. she needs to talk about work and which is great and like that's what I'm, I'm i can be there to listen i didn't do anything i was just sleeping but like i can we can talk <laughs> about her work which is good and so um but i think at the end of the day it's like i was just reading men women and the mystery of love and mm. it talks about by skinny legend by skinny Dr. legend ted street and he talks about kind of how love and responsibility lays the foundations for theology of the body. It talks about kind of original nakedness and about how because of Adam and Eve being originally naked with each other, they, they and there was no shame they because they were able to trust each other completely that they were not going to use each other or be used by each other. Um, and it was just a pure, chaste love between each other. Um, 
and there's lots of things that go into it, but it's like, okay, if you've been dating this person for a year, odds are that you guys are probably, you love each other, you know, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you can't be afraid in going to your significant other and saying, Hey, I, I feel like I need this. And you, 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 you shouldn't in theory, like if it's a good relationship, you shouldn't be scared of what they're going to say. You know, like Emma and I've had to figure out a lot, you know, like what, cause we've always been in different cities. We've never really dated while we've lived in the same city. So we've had to have a lot of these conversations and it's going to be different again this year when I start being a team director of like, well, what do I need and what does she need and how often do we need to talk? Because there are very legitimate, like you can say, Hey, I, I need to pray and I need to read. And if your boyfriend doesn't respect that or if he gets super upset or whatever, like that should be a a warning flag to you. But I doubt if you guys love each other, if you've been dating for a year, I doubt he's going to be that. He's probably going to be like, cool. I will also pray and read during that time. Yeah. Like, you know, worst case, it's something that's like, hey, let's not talk for this time. And then we'll do this thing together. And then that way you're both growing together. And it's like a cute, it's like a cute thing, you know, like it's and kind of thing. Then you have more to talk about yeah, later. Exactly. So those are kind of my thoughts and kind of how Emma and I've Good navigated thoughts. it. But certainly always communication, always, always, always over communicate everything or else your relationship is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Want me to hit you with another one? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, hey, howdy, hey. This is the hey, howdy, oh, hey no. one. I, I bumped the MP3 guy to the bottom of the list. Uh, he will only get on if no one emails us next within the next week. So Great. this is his punishment. He is anonymous. I don't know who it is. Hey, howdy, hey. Hope y'all are doing well at surviving these uncertain times. Mm. I'm a fairly new listener, and I want to say if my neighbors think I'm... I want to say if my neighbors think I'm crazy, it's because I burst out laughing while listening to y'all on my walks. I've started telling my friends about the pod, but the main person in question only likes casts, so I should be (laughs) fine. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) To clarify, I'm a 21-year-old girl, and I'll be starting my last year of college, assuming all goes well in the fall. This past semester, I found a pretty fun friend group that helped me keep my sanity while classes were going crazy. About halfway through the semester, I became attracted to one of the guys in the group. What's his name, Ethan? Barry. Barry. (laughs) We weren't super close, but her and Barry were good friends with other people in the group and and would see each other around a couple of times. Before heading to our respective homes due to Rona, we exchanged Snapchats and been keeping in contact, each being each other's best friend, the person the one snaps the most, for a good bit of time. We haven't had any deep one-on-one conversations, but in our friend group calls about twice a week, we mess with each other a lot in a good way. I'm thinking when we get back to campus in the fall of trying to shoot my shot and seeing where we lie (laughs) as trying to do anything right now would be completely online. We live six hours away. However, one of my good friends also happens to be his best friend, (gasps) has also started talking to me more, and I think he wants to date me. Oh, no. Although I do not want to date I him. I knew this was too good He's to be a, true. I knew this question was too cute to to, ha- to be easy. They had to do a love triangle, didn't you? Come on. <laughs> He's a sweet guy, but I do not feel that way about him. And I've been trying to make that obvious by say I've been trying to make that obvious without saying, hey, I'm not into you like that. But he's not getting the message. While it would be tempting to be super upfront and cut ties for a little bit. Friend number two. What's his name? Lewis. Lewis, yeah, it is. <laughs> Lewis is in a project group. I have, ne- but L E W I S. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. um, I have. Lewis is in a project group that she has next semester, and that would make the work dynamic really awkward. So, any thoughts on how to handle the situation? It's also occurred to me that Lewis might just be clinging with people from school right now, as we're all in different cities, sometimes different states, which is why I refrain from being super direct. 
uh barry might also just be a really friendly guy who just likes talking to people as he doesn't have any new friends back home so she's like i don't know if barry likes let's me. just thanks for all the advice and the laughs caroline you can use my name or change it i, I decided to use it because we don't get that often and she said p.s if this makes it on the show which who, fingers crossed uh we'll send she'll send an update once school has started so this one we will get a boomerang thank from. goodness okay so let's just clear something up right at the beginning Barry definitely likes you, and Lewis also definitely likes you. Because yeah, I would say it's very rare that guys are just really friendly with like one particular girl in a friend group. This is come on, like let's be honest with ourselves. Also, guys, it's very rare that guys are just clingy to one particular girl from their friend group. So, just so you know, it is as bad as you think it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Also, for the content, it needs to yes. be. What are you studying in college? Maybe you're a robotics major. I would say design a robotic hand, send it to Barry, create some like haptic feedback so that you can hold the robotic hand and he f- it feels like he's holding your hand and you're holding his hand. And then if he says, so are we friends? Just, just, just squeeze his hand off with the robotic hand. <laughs> just... Just kill his hand. That's really old. Uh, What's your major? Maybe you're a robotics major. Why don't you create <laughs> a haptic robot hand? Just an idea. Where you can... Ver- these kids these days are they are very intelligent people. Kids these days? She's 21. She's our age. <laughs> okay. So you and Barry Lyndon are... That's the name of a movie. Um... I think it's in both situations you're really stuck because like, yeah, you can shoot your shot with Barry when you get back to campus or now and like flirt with him very obviously. But like at the end of the day, unless you feel comfortable asking him out, your hands are kind of tied. Same deal with Lewis. Unless he asks you out, you can't say no. This is why guys not being direct is really frustrating. And so, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you, but you have plausible deniability in the case with Lewis because you can just be like, well, he never said anything, so I'm just going to really not be interested in him. Yeah. I mean, you're you're allowed to not, like, respond to texts or calls from a guy that you don't necessarily – like, you don't have to feel bad. Like, Lewis needs to learn that he can't have everything he wants. And then for Barry, I would just say, like, you got to lean into that and then see what happens because if you guys like – it sounds like you guys are good friends. You guys like each other. Great. Hopefully something will come of it. Um, maybe tell Lewis, be like, hey, do you think Barry would ever ask me out? And that'll shut down that thing with Lewis really no, no, quick. No, 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 don't do that. That's so <laughs> come bad. Come on. That's so come bad. Come on, why not? I mean, it does take two birds out with one stone, but then you've revealed one of your cards too. You know, There so are no cards. Might, We're he... just people. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a game of this poker. This is not a game of Caroline this is not a game of poker. she listens it's to not, our pod, and they only to the listen cast, to the cast. I just I wish people were more upfront and it wasn't like a ooh what if this with this thing it's just like just say what you want and yeah. then maybe it'll happen. So I, that's why I think that's why I think her saying oh do you think Barry likes me is a bad okay idea. maybe for Lewis it's a bad idea but it's very it's, catty it, it's a very yeah, catty okay response. okay okay but maybe there's other people in the friend group it sounds like it's hopefully it's not just you three so ask somebody else be like hey what do you do you think what do you think about this Barry guy do you think he's gonna ask me out do you think you could tell him to ask me out. And then if your friend group is close, then those conversations are probably already happening. And then also maybe like, what's the, what's the scoop on Lewis? What's up with, what's his steez? You know, like what's he doing? Why is he, why is he laying it on a little Why heavy? is he, uh, 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 building a robotic hand and sending it to me? Like what's, what is he, what's the deal? <laughs> wait, wait, here's what you do. What's, what's Lewis's major? Maybe it's robotic. Okay. 
wait until he builds you a half to can send it to Barry. <laughs> <laughs> with love from Lewis and then Barry's all of a sudden getting some very weird vibes from Lewis and doesn't know it's what like, to think okay, like wait Lewis, a minute you got his do you want to do a thumb thumb war is that what this is thumb war I think so Ooh, this is really thumb. cool this is our first MIT question that we've gotten uh, yeah from wow, the, the hallowed grounds of MIT um yeah, I would just say, what's your what's your group's major? Robotics. Cool. So maybe what you could do is kind of design <laughs> like a an interface with the brain and that puts it on, and so that way you could just ask a question and then like have a little screen, and then like have like a group hang out, and be like, who does everybody like, and then just see kind of what pops up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Next time you're on Zoom together, su- suggest playing Truth or Dare. Uh-huh. And then just wait, just go just and wait. go to, until someone says dare, and who then do you who like? do you like? Yep, that would Easy. be truth, technically. Technically, yeah. Or I dare, I dare you, you to tell, tell me who the you truth. Like. <laughs> this is the worst part about truth or dare is that one way or another, some horny kid's gonna try and figure out who likes him, and yeah. it's just it's just never fun. Yeah, it's truth or dare is more fun if you're just like, uh, I thought of a really funny dare. And I want you to choose to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> go rub yourself in mustard and, and run into oncoming traffic. Like, go do it. Come on, Jeff. We know you can. Put mustard on your face and choose someone to lick it off. That's not me. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. That's not all I know what we're face. doing for your bachelor party. <laughs> too much mustard at this bachelor party. <laughs> too that's too we're gonna much we're too gonna have to have Phoebe sign off on the amount of mustard that we're going to Costco. We're gonna make a musty run <laughs> before we do this bachelor party. Hey, hey, uh, we're going we're going on a mustard run. Hey, must run. You, you good for a must run for the batch party, Daniel? Must run. You must good? run for the. You good? Must run. Nah, he's, nah, he's good. good. We're gonna get a must run for the batch party, and everybody's invited except for the ladies. <laughs> What we're gonna do is we're gonna all put on speedos, and whoever can put mustard on, mustard. whoever can, in, no, in their speedo. In, what? In <laughs> whoever can fit the most mustard in the speedo. I was wins. thinking, who can cover the most surface area of your body with mustard <laughs> good, in thirty seconds? This is gonna be an entirely <laughs> mustard-based bachelor party, just for you, because I know how much you love that good, good condiment. Oh, good, good mustard, and then later hot dogs. Hmm. Now we're entering into uncharted territory. Never put hot dogs on. There's hot. The condiment bar is on. What if we put the hot dogs on the mustard? How come nobody's ever thought of that? I don't understand why no one's thought. Why has no one thought of a double decker hot dog yet? I I hate being at barbecues where it's like I want two hot dogs, but I don't want two hot dog buns. They just need to make the buns bigger. Why are the buns? Why are the? Why is the crack so small yet the bun so large? I know. Why is the bun so large? Why is the why is the bun so big on the side, one side, yes. but the bottom always? Why burns. not just make it like a more like a a tortilla or like a taco shell that can fit that is made of bread, like good bun bread, but you yeah. can fit like two to three dogs in there. Like that's the ratio that we need. That's the, honestly yeah. We need dogs stacked on dogs. We need a three to one dog and to then, bread ratio, and then it's, it's a one to one mustard to body ratio. And that's <laughs> a one bottle, a one cup. And that's why I'm not allowed at the family barbecues anymore. <laughs> anyway, I have to go to okay, a meeting. Okay, yes. Now. <laughs> Sorry, you've got a meeting in five minutes. 
uh, thank you guys for listening so much. It has been so good. The best way for people to hear about our show is the word of mouth, which is the best form of advertising. So make sure that you tell your friends and invite them to listen to this podcast because otherwise we don't get any new listeners and nobody joins our patreon.com slash the crunch, which means that Patrick's not making any money off of his side hustle, which is what we really need. I know. So I know. we really need that side hustle. You can go to crunch. You can go to www.thecrunchcast.com and you can put your email address in the website to know when it launches. We're going to be launching that bad. We've boy been soon. launching this store for three weeks. Listen, don't get mad at me mad. just because I know how to build suspense. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm delaying my emotions. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. Yeah, fair. Uh, Pat Nevy dot blog, Ethan Stevie dot farts dot com. This is really good yeah. South Park humor, huh? Uh, uh-huh. Patrick, yeah. do you have anything else for the people? Uh, the first person to send me a picture of their entire self, the first man to send me a picture <laughs> of his entire body covered in mustard, <laughs> gets to come on the crunch for five minutes. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah.